Welcome to Falcons Drip, your go-to source for Falcons news and draft coverage. I'm Thon Ray, founder and voice of Falcons Drip. Today, I'm again joined by Jeff and Ferg. Um, we're going to take a look at the wide receiver position in our continuation of positional breakdowns of this roster. Um, we're going to look at who's on the team, who we think is going to continue to be on the team, and kind of the impact that everybody is going to have uh, at the wide receiver position. So, Jeff, how are we doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good. I'm sitting a little closer to Ferg than normal, and I'm not sure that I like that, but other than that, I'm doing pretty good. How's he smelling? Not the best. (laughs) (laughs) I smell better than you do. (laughs) So, Ferg, how about you? How are you doing tonight? I'm doing okay, except I'm sitting closer to Jeff than I would care to. (laughs) Well, maybe you should remember uh, your uh, charging cords next time. So, (laughs) here's what happened. Uh, Just so everyone knows, here's what happened. Jeff forgot his computer again. And, uh, you know, he's he's plugged into my computer and I've had to just save save the day once again. <laughs> so <laughs> before you two, you know, you old married couple get into it, let's jump into receivers because we got a lot to talk about and not as much time as we need. So I want to start with Calvin Ridley and we don't have to jump too much in Calvin Ridley. He's the bona fide one. He's the guy. He's the receiving guy in this offense. Um I expect him to even have better numbers this year. You look at last year, he could do it without Julio Jones. His numbers were better when Julio Jones wasn't there. And now we actually have an offensive coordinator that's going to be able to mix things up, and you're not going to know what's coming, if it's going to be a run or a pass, where Dirk Cutter last year, you knew that we were passing the ball 90% of the time. So I'm looking forward to what Calvin Ridley can do. Anything about Calvin you guys feel like we should mention before we kind of dive into some of these other guys? Um, yeah, he's definitely the number one. He's not going to play necessarily the traditional number one receiver slot, which I think will have an impact on the rest of our discussions tonight. But he, he's going to be the number one in every other sense of the word. So I want to jump into the, to what you said, Jeff. Is when you look at receivers, you've got typically your X position, your Z position, and then your Y position. Your X is usually your bona fide guy, so like your Julio Jones, your uh, uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Your so your your guy is solo. Typically, your X is the solo receiver by himself to one side. He's up on the line of scrimmage. The most important thing about that guy is his ability to kind of get off of press because corners can come up and jam you and press you. And if you can't get off press, you can't play the X. Now, kind of like what you said is, I'm not saying and. I'm not saying Calvin Ridley can't play the X, but he was so good at Z. So Z, sorry, is you're on the other side and you've got the tight end up on the line and the Z is off the line of scrimmage. So a couple so you've got like a couple yards or a yard to play with to get by the guy. So the press, so if you don't need to worry as much about being pressed. But Calvin was so good at the Z position, I would not want to switch him. He's a number one receiver in the NFL. He's a, he's naturally a Z. He's a little bit smaller. I don't. I'm not saying he can't get off the press. Question. Yes. Is there anyone else on the roster that could do what he does at the X position? Yes. I, oh, oh, do what Calvin Ridley can do at the X. Yes. Or even relatively close in production. So, so we're definitely going to get into that. I don't. I don't know. But what I don't want to see is see. This, we have a bona fide one at the Z, like a bona fide one receiver in the NFL. He's a top 10 guy, in my opinion, and he has potential to be, like I said, in this new That's offense. That's what I meant. I meant the Z, not the X. Okay, so right. no. No one can do what he can do at the Z. Got it. 
this, this whole X, Y, and Z kind of really owns the, this discussion today. Why is that? So the Y is the guy is your slot guy. He's off the line of scrimmage, can, has an in or an out break kind of a thing, typically gets matched up with smaller corners, linebackers, th- those kinds of things. Now, our number two receiver is Russell Gage. Russell Gage thrived in the slot last year. And Arthur Smith came out and said that he's going to try him at X or yeah, try Russell Gage at X and see where he can play. And he's really like the number two guy. But if Russell Gage cannot play that X position and cannot get off of a jam, it puts this whole thing in, in a little bit of a pickle. So why is that? Because now you're going to have to rely on one of these other receivers to play that X position. And Russell Gage might not even be the second receiver out if he's not in the slot. Right. And you're going to be putting somebody who is relatively inexperienced in that X position. And they're going to be going up against top tier defensive backs. And they're going to have a rough time most likely. Definitely. So when you sit here and you look at this roster and we've talked, we talked about this a little bit before the the three of us have, it's a mess. And, and, and Russell Gage really determines, in my opinion, Russell Gage determines who makes the roster and who doesn't because of his ability to play the X or the Y. So Olamide Zacchaeus, OZ can play. He, he's the next best receiver in I my think opinion. It's Zacchaeus. However you say it, OZ, he's the next best receiver in this, in my opinion. He runs a 4-2, right? No, he he actually ran pretty slow. I think he ran actually a four, high 4-4 four, four, or low 4-5. But mistake. his his game speed is so much faster. and his Yeah, it looks radically different. He's quick. You know, he's quick in and out of his breaks. I think when his first touchdown was like a 92-yard touchdown catch. Mm. So, but, the top off the defense. Definitely. But he can't, you know, he's a, he's a slot guy. He's not going to be able to... Um, He's not going to be able to get off the press. So, if we got Gage at the X, then OZ is the the slot receiver, and I don't think there's much of a discussion after that. For yeah, what? he's he's been fairly successful with the Falcons so far. Mm-hmm. That's that's really where he can play. Like you said, he can't really play outside. He's he's, I mean, he's had snaps outside, but they really haven't been mm-hmm. productive snaps in general. And if he did play outside, it would probably have to be at the Z. Right. But if Calvin Ridley's playing, that's where he is. Yeah. So, now, you take Russell Gage out of the equation at X. Let's say he can't do it. He struggles, break, get off press, and he has to play in the slot. Now, we're looking at a slew of guys competing for that X position. We've got Tajay Sharp, Christian Blake, Frank Darby, Jeff, uh, Jeff Bidette, and someone who I think actually could really compete for that exposition um, is Juwan Green. So let's kind of jump into that. Let's jump into that situation. Let's say Russell Gage is the slot guy, can't play X. What do we see this X position looking like? Well, I, you mentioned some of the guys up for it. Um, I You have to think that's part of why they brought in Tajay Sharp. Bigger guy. I mean, he's by far what the biggest wide receiver on the roster right now. I think he's got three inches on everyone else, six foot four. 
And those guys, you know, you hope that they can beat the press because they're bigger, harder to jam. Uh, he's played in the NFL a few years, had some success in Tennessee as a starter, um, but went to Minnesota. He, he's been in the league for a while for a reason. So, so, and this is my problem with, and all of the, there's no sure thing here. There's Tajay Sharp very well could be the X, but here's my problem with Tajay Sharp. And I actually don't know if he's even going to make the roster one. He is definitely brings something different than the rest of the guys, the biggest guy by far. But when he was doing well in Tennessee, most of the time it was from the slot, I believe. And he didn't do as well when he was playing the X position. No, he did. He had trouble separating. He's, yep. He had tr- trouble separating. He had trouble beating the press, which is kind of like the biggest thing about playing the X. Now, he also didn't, he played last year, he was playing for the Chiefs and I think the Vikings. He was on the Vikings for sure. The Vikings and Chiefs. And so he he was inactive for most of the year. For 10 games, he was inactive, I believe. And then for nine games, or no, nine games he was inactive. For seven games, he was active. I think it was like five for the Chiefs and two for the Vikings, but never played in either of those games. Yeah. So that shows right there that not only is he, you know, bottom of the barrel kind of a receiver as, as far as being active, but he also doesn't contribute on special teams. Yeah. And there's too much importance on special teams with this team, and too many of these guys can play special teams that I would not be shocked to see Taze Sharp not on the roster come September 12th. I have to say, in regards to Taze Sharp, um, I'm going to piggyback off of what Jeff said, and that's he has something that no one else has on the team. And that's, or excuse me, not on the team, at the receiver position, and that's size, right? Aside from Tyler Pitts, who we may see bump out and play Kyle some Pitts. receiver. Sorry, <laughs> Kyle Pitts. A lot, um, of, a lot of names getting tossed around. Well, it's, yeah, exactly. It's an uh, easy mistake to make. Um, everyone knows Kyle Pitts was the number four overall draft pick, mm-hmm. so it's just, you know, twisted up my words there. But, um, yeah, he's got something that no one else has. So that's certainly a big reason for them to keep him on the, you know, so, on and the so roster. When you look at this, right, when you look at this whole thing, and we have to talk about, we have to talk about Cordell Patterson and the tight ends because with the skill set that we have, there's no reason why we couldn't expect to see Patterson or Pitts or even um, Hayden Hurst could all play that X position. Mm, certainly. It's a, it's a deep spot. I agree. So, well, I, I have one thing. Yeah. I don't think Cordell Patterson's playing the X. So at, un- at a effective level for the un- same. Unlikely, but as we've mentioned in previous on a previous previous podcast, at six two, two forty, and he's got four four speed, you know, maybe he can make something happen it's out possibility. there. Possibility. Maybe you just throw him out there as somebody just to you have to respect the speed. Yeah. So I don't think I have a hard time thinking Tajay Sharp with his little special teams value makes the team. Makes sense. And when we're talking about we're talk we we've mentioned before, we think there's gonna be four running backs on the roster, four tight ends on the roster, and a fullback. Yeah, so it, it seems like with this coaching staff, I you know, I just want to add something here. Compatibility is paramount in that they they have a system and they want guys that can fill behind in that system who aren't remarkably different than you know the 
whomever was starting ahead of them, right? That seems to be of greater importance than having a guy who's six foot four, can potentially, you know, you can spread him out and, uh, you know, get the ball to him and in, in the red zone. So definitely, and and when you look at this exposition, the next guy that I'm going to talk about um, is Frank Darby. We drafted him. One of the things he does best is beat the press. I I have a hard time thinking that. Um, a six-round pick is going to come in and make an immediate impact. Like, in my mind, Frank Darby is towards the end of this year, next year, kind sure. of gets his stuff together. But he's going to make the team. They're not, you know, they drafted him. It's a weaker position. He can play on special teams. Um, but his ability to beat the press and in OTAs, everybody was talking about Frank Darby. He was making ridiculous catches. He was getting open. He was beating guys. If he can keep that up, and, and I'm going to say Frank Darby is who I think is going to end up playing that X position more than any of the other receivers. You think he gets a lot of touches this year? I don't know if he gets a lot of touches because there's so many mouths to feed. Looks. But I think I he gets right. I think he gets as much playing time after Gage and Ridley. I think he gets as much playing time as any of the other wide receivers yeah. on this roster. That's and But he's got more upside. He's definitely has more upside. He is more, you know, he's going to be around for longer than a lot of these guys. And I could be wrong. This this whole this exposition, this receiving core after Ridley and Gage is a mishmash. Well, very much of what we're saying is mishmash. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. it's very much so speculative. And so I I think putting you know we're putting the pieces together based on the coaching staff. You know, the current um, current leadership and what they like, what they want to see. Frank Darby makes sense. And like like I said too, um, Tajay Sharp is is. Bigger than Darby, but I, I when I've talked about Darby in the past, he plays big. Right. He, well, like you said, he definitely he plays big, and that's something you definitely saw um, in college for Frank Darby. I I think he, you know, there's a lot of a lot of varying opinions on Frank Darby, whether or not he was a good route runner. You know, his his uh, how he how he caught the ball. You know, he was a body catcher. A lot of people want to see him catch with his hands. You know, get his hands out in front close the window for the DBs to, you know, uh, make a play on the ball. Uh, but I, I think he ran great routes. I do. I think Frank Darby ran great routes, and um, he's definitely more compatible for this system. There's no question, which is greatly important, mm-hmm. of great importance. Anything about Darby, Jeff, that you'd like to add? I know. Um, I think he just has a lot of room to grow, mm-hmm. and – the potential's there. I had a well-liked kid in college by his teammates and coaches hearing the same thing here about him in Atlanta. So hopefully he just continues to grow. And like Ferg said, the body catching could sometimes be a little bit of a fallback, it looked like, in college. And from what I've heard, he's he's been doing a better job of staying away from that in camp. So, you know, if – He's trying to make football his life. He's going to have to grow, and he has the opportunity to really get some playing time. So mm-hmm. we'll see from him. Where do you where do you look at like looking at Tajay Sharp versus Darby? Like, what do you think those their their outcome will be? I think, like you said, Darby Darby's making the team almost definitely. Like he'd really have to have a bad camp to not make it. Sharp has a lot less guarantees, and he really hasn't separated himself in the in the NFL yet. 
Mm. Like I said he did have some starting time in Tennessee and got good reps there, but really didn't show that, you know, I'm an NFL starter. So in, this might be his last shot. In my opinion, in order for Sharp to make the team, he has to lock down that X position to the point where it's like, okay, like this is our X. How long has he been in the league? I believe this is six, seven years. Oh, wow. Okay, so his career is winding down. I'm not, kind of, I'm not necessarily winding down, but he's he needs to show that he can stay in the NFL. He's been he's shown flashes of greatness at times, but overall been pretty mediocre to sure. a a bottom of the roster kind of. Well, and, and so let me elaborate. I say his career is winding down. Um, I say that with grace because he's starting to get pushed around. And that's typically a telltale sign when guys begin to get pushed around. They don't spend a lot of time in one place. So it's towards just, the end of their career. Because I know what you mean, but just to clarify, by pushed around, he means like getting moved from team to team, not actually getting pushed around by the like, Right, not like physically that. being yeah. pushed around on the field or anything mm-hmm. like that. Exactly. Thank I knew you. what you meant, but I just wanted to clarify for yeah, people who might certainly. Have I, I have a hard time getting away from that prototypical wide receiver. And that's what he, you know, he's a big guy, Mm -hmm. right? And he's someone that you'd like to be able to perform, make an impact. Because, unfortunately, size is something you can't teach, right? Mm -hmm. Frank Darby is what he is. He's what, 5'10", 5'11"? He's 6'2", 200 pounds. I was close. I mean, still, 5'10", 5'11", 6'0". It's like that's (laughs) not much of a difference there. 5'11", 6'0". My point is, though, that's that's not 6'4". Definitely. Definitely not. There's six. there's a you know there's a reason that once you hit like six two, it's something like fourteen percent of the you know world's population is over six foot, and then you get to six two, and it's like eight percent. You know what I mean? It's like each mm-hmm. inch you go up after six feet. My point is, in athletics, taller guys they just they're more sought mm-hmm. after, right? And if you Definitely. can if you can match the the height, if you can match your size with talent and skill, so. I'd always like to see, or I always want to see guys like that um, worked with, just because there's so much. Anytime you're six four and you're playing receiver, there's so just so much mm-hmm. untapped potential. There just is. It's a matter yeah. of do you want to work for it? Do you have the, you know, are you willing to learn? Are you willing to, you know, be brought under someone's tutelage? There you go. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so the other guys. So the other guy we haven't. One of the other guys we haven't talked about much. Um, about possibly playing the X is Christian Blake. And I know, Jeff, you really like Christian. I like Christian Blake. Uh, he's he's shown flashes of being, a, I mean, a very fluid wide receiver. He's six foot one, um, a little thinner at 180 maybe to consistently beat some of the jamming guys. It would be interesting to see him get some reps at the role and see if he could do any, like see what he brought to it. He uh, He had a great game against the Saints. And uh, last year, and like I said, he's shown flashes. He was just kind of buried on the the depth chart last year. So, and another thing, like I really like about Blake is he's shown he can play special teams in the past, not at like an elite level, but he plays. He's played all the special teams, um, different positions. Um, he can play every single position at receiver X, Y, Z, um, and I think that versatility is going to be what keeps him on the roster. That, that helps for sure. Could because now, like, if you look at this roster, so when you look at it, everyone is so limited. 
not limit, not so limited, but a lot of the receivers we're talking about are limited on where they can play. And Christian, Bla- so if somebody goes down, Christian Blake can play, like I said, all three positions plus special teams. I think it just gives them a huge advantage. Fun fact: uh, Christian Blake and Calvin Ridley actually played on the same Pop Warner team growing up. Wow, where yeah. was that? I'm curious. Uh, Florida, I believe. I, I love knowing that kind of stuff. That must have been no fun for the other team. <laughs> I wonder where they played on the field. Yeah, that would be interesting. Right? Like, was like one they of, both played receiver? or Exactly. I doubt it. I doubt it at that level. You know what I mean? I bet mm-hmm. you one was a running back and the other was quarterback or something. A quarterback or something. Exactly, yeah. yeah. There's two other guys competing for that X in my mind. And we talked about things you can't teach with Tajay Sharp being 6'4". And that's uh, Jeff B- Bedet. Did I miss Do you guys know if I'm saying that? Jeff Bedet. Bedet. Oh, it's, uh, yeah, it's French. I'm pretty sure it? it's a French last name, yeah. So, Jeff, yeah. I'm just going to call him Jeff, he's got 4-2 speed. There isn't a single guy, I don't think, on this roster that has 4-2 speed. The problem with Jeff is he struggled to play, make it, to make a roster. Like, he wanted, they wanted to use him in special teams in Minnesota who had a weak receiving core, and he just didn't make the team. See, that's a guy, though. You know, I'm so glad you bring that up. It's a guy like... You know, we were just saying things you cannot teach. Mm-hmm. Four two speed. You've got you've got to figure out a way to get that guy the ball. You just have to. Is he quick laterally? So I haven't seen a ton of him. He looks pretty quick. Yeah, but more straight line speed than anything else. Okay, because you know, like Tyreek Hill has incredible mm-hmm. straight line speed and incredible lateral speed and agility. I would say his his lateral speed and agility is better than a straight line. Speed. It just doesn't even make sense, <laughs> right? But my point is, yeah. if he if if he has both, or if he's halfway deep, he obviously has good straight line speed. Obviously, mm-hmm. but if he has, you know, if you can couple that with, um, you know, good lateral speed, I'd like to know more about that. If he has good, Jeff, do you know? Uh, it's hard. there's not. A, I mean, we haven't seen anything of him at the NFL level. You have to think it's not where it needs to be. Generally, if he's not making the roster and you have four two speed. I mean, Al Davis isn't handing out free contracts for that anymore. So, <laughs> it's it's you got to be a, a complete receiver. You can't just be fast. You know, you got to be able to, like you said, have lateral quickness and stuff like that. So, you got to think he he hasn't put it all together if he's not making a roster when he has something that most people don't have. Well, I think I think you know the wide receiver position that might be the wrong position for him. Maybe, but I don't know. That's well, we don't have track and field here, so yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> I don't know what other position he could play. Special teams. I but so that that's the one of the things that they tried to get him to play, and he struggled with. Not oh. struggle. I shouldn't say struggled with. He wasn't good enough to make a roster yet on special teams. Hold oh, on. Okay, that I you said that earlier. My mistake. No, I, I heard that, and it didn't. Uh, I didn't four, digest it. The four two speed was just taken. It over. just exactly. Yeah. It, it it was like which blinders. Might, you know. So strict. This is how this whole receiver corps, receiving corps, is. If he can show enough on special teams with that four-two speed, and Arthur Smith thinks he can do he just, something with it, the guy's he, got to. He's got to be an idiot. I'm. I just. How do you have four-two speed and not produce? Like, how can you not I find mean, a spot? There's tons know. of guys that don't make it with the speed. Mm-hmm. I just don't get that. I, you can't. You know. You got to be tough. You got to be have speed. You got to beat the press. You got to have vision. There's so you, many you, things, and you got to catch the ball. You, exactly. I mean. You, so I want to sure. I want to jump to our uh, my next guy. I'm talking about this X position and being the, a complete receiver, and that guy could be Jawan Green. Now, I have Jawan Green a lock for the practice squad. 
Because if you see what he did, he played at Albany, which is a D1AA school, but he dominated at Albany. I mean, we're talking about 1,300 yards, 17 touchdowns in his final year, and he looked like he could do no wrong. Like, he – you don't always want to take guy, – like, guys at a D1AA level, He, you have to do what he did in order to kind of trust to become a good player, if that makes sense. Um, he's six foot, 190 pounds, so – and you just don't know what you're going to get with him. There's, It's hard to find a lot of tape besides, like, his senior year. It's hard to find what he ran his 40 time in. Um, there was a rumor – not a rumor. It was said going around that he was hand-timed 4-3 four, – four, do you remember what it was? No. Um, I, I don't remember what it was. I think it was a four – I want to say he was hand-timed, like, 4-3-5. Hand-timed, so, you know, we don't really know what we're getting here. The reality is, is with Juwan Green – he did enough for me to say in college, he did enough for me to say, okay, maybe this guy could do something because the last regime signed him. And then after Arthur Smith came back, he brought him back to stay in Atlanta. So that's why I say he's a lock for the the practice squad for a minimum. He might need a couple more years to kind of develop into something. And there's something there. If Arthur's bringing him back. Yeah. He played against, like you said, some of the lower level competition but he dominated and he showed really great body control, like adjusting to the balls in the Mm -hmm. air and and adjusting around the corners, setting up corners uh, so that he could make easier catches. Like he really did a very good job at those things. And maybe he just needs an adjustment period to the level of competition. Definitely. And he, he dominated against the press too. Like, I don't know if you watched a lot of his film, like they could not press him. again. We're talking about D one double a. So it's almost like two jumps to the NFL versus just like one. Yeah, but he is the he is the potential to be something. So that's why I, I gotta keep I gotta keep him on um, on my list of guys that could become the X receiver. I would say in my mind, I think he would probably need another year, but I like him more than I like Tajay Sharp. Yeah, because there's the room for growth is there with mm-hmm. Sharp. You kind of know what you're getting, mm-hmm. and and that's a a reliable catcher who doesn't always separate, and so. There, there's a reason he's still um, in the NFL, but he's fighting for a spot because he, we know what he is. Mm-hmm. And Green pre- presents a lot of options. I see him, yeah, down lower on that tier. You know, I think Darby and Blake have better chances at taking that role mm-hmm. overall than Green. I think if not this year, I think next year Jerron Green is going to surprise some people. How many years in does he have? So this is his second year. So last year was his rookie year, undrafted free agent um, in Atlanta, like I said. And then after the first year, Arthur Smith comes in and decides to re-sign him back to Atlanta. So, like I said, there's got to be something there. Hmm. Yeah. Um, So we've kind of talked about who he thinks is going to make like guys who are like fighting to make the roster and guys who are going to make the roster. Let's talk about some of these practice squad guys. Um, so I want to start with Chris Roland. I really like Chris Roland, but I have a hard time seeing him make the roster and even making a practice squad spot this year. It's tough. He's a smaller guy. Uh, was a good college player at, a, at again, a smaller college, Tennessee state, but this is, I mean, we, we're just getting to talking about him 
it, it's tough. I mean, and there's already smaller receivers in front of them. You got Gage, like we said. You have Zacchaeus, mm. who were. I, I don't see how like he seems kind of, like he's five six. I think he's almost strictly a slot receiver at this point. And we talk about the versatility. We talk about that kind that kind of stuff. The the only way Chris Rowland makes this team, in my opinion, which I hate to say because like I said, I really like him, is he has to take he has to take the the punt return job on kick return job, which the kick return job is almost definitely locked up. Cause you have one of the best kick returners of all time mm-hmm. on the roster in Patterson. So mm-hmm. chances of taking that are almost Slim. zero. Slim. So it's going to come down to Chris Rowland or Avery Williams, who we drafted in, um, in the fifth round this year for the punt return job. You mean? Yeah. We drafted him for special teams. And you can't even like another receiver on there is um, Austin Trammell, who did a fantastic job in punt return. Like there's there's a lot of guys fighting for that punt mm-hmm. return spot. And I really like I really like Trammell. Um, I really liked what I liked what I saw from him out of Rice, and um, his numbers are good too. I mean, he was a little slow on the forty. He ran a four six, but I mean he had a forty at five eleven. He had a forty inch vertical. Yeah, and he He's just explosive. made plays. He 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 wasn't like necessarily the fastest but he got open mm-hmm. made plays did a great job in the punt return game for rice mm-hmm. we're talking about a guy who's shift more shifty than fast so yeah. I, when i'm and then, and then we also didn't talk about antonio nunn who yeah. you know he's a kind of like a stockier build in, in some of these receivers um 511 205 i believe yeah he, so, he's another guy who's gonna have a tough time. Like all these guys are fighting for mm-hmm. kind of a fifth spot, and it's they're similar players, and and that's if yeah, that's if they're fighting for it. I mean, they might yeah. they might be sixth, seventh, so, really. Yeah. So when I look at the these guys we've just kind of mentioned, I really I like none, and I like uh, Trammel for uh, practice squad guys. I think they both could potentially grow into something bigger. But they're not ready right now. I mean, none at 5'11", 205, potential. And, you know, he's pretty fast. I mean, pretty fast. I think he ran a 4'4". He's a little older for a rookie, though. Yeah. 24 years old. The worry is, you know, when you get rookies, there's some more development time. When you get to 24, 25, maybe you have something. The worry is, is he already kind of there? Was he older in college? And that was what made him successful. Mm -hmm. That's very true. But, like, when you look at a lot of the things that he could work on, like dropping the ball, a lot of, like, you know, poor route running. Like, that's stuff you can learn. Yeah, yeah. So you hope that he can, you know, pick up on some of those things. And, like I said, at 5'11", 205, um, runs a 4'4", you hope that he can do more on special teams than some of these other guys. It's different. You, like, you hope so. Even if he's not returning, like being a gunner or blocking on special teams, it's a lot different um, for him than, like, Chris Rowland, who, again, I really like, but it's a lot harder at 5'6", 180 pounds to do some of these other things besides return the ball. Right. Which is why I like none better than... Than Rowland. Than Rowland. And the same feeling with Trammell, or... I, I like Trammell more... So this is where it's so tough. I think none has greater upside, but Trammell is, is safer. Yeah, I could I could see where you're going. I I think none can do possibly do more in the future, 
Or Trammel, I think, is... I don't know if he can play the X. Trammel can, can't play the X. I don't Well, he definitely can't right now. But I, I, I don't know that he ever can. Uh, yeah, agreed. Well, what can he do then? What can what he, can we do with Trammel? He's a slot receiver. He's a slot receiver and possibly the Z. But when you look at it, like Russell Gage is on the final year of his contract, and he might play this year. He might play himself right out of Atlanta. Like Atlanta, the way this offense is going to run, we talked about Kyle Pitts and the running backs and the matchups in that way. We don't need receivers, and we are going to have to pay Calvin Ridley probably a decent amount. We can't afford to pay Calvin Ridley and pay somebody else. Sure. So it's possible we talk, like, looking at all these guys, you know, Zacchaeus, um, Trammell, possibly even Roland, Juwan Green, um, and none. These guys um, – these guys, in that maybe not next year, but the following year, could end up being a starter for us. Somebody's gonna have to t- may need to take the slot position, and Zacchaeus is the lead for it. But he still has to show that for a new coaching staff. He's fighting for his job too. Mm-hmm. So, is there anybody that we that we've kind of went over? I know we went over these guys a lot quicker than most, but we had a lot of guys to talk about. Is there any of these guys you feel like we we didn't discuss something or something else we got to bring up? I, I think the receiver position is it's it's really difficult to make a determination at this point. Um, you know, as it it is with other positions as well, but more so the receiver position because we have so many guys that, uh, <laughs> frankly, just don't stand out. Mm. I mean, is, that's a negative way of looking at it. We have so many guys. I should have said that. Um, are so close together and that uh skill wise right um and, it's, and it's hard to it's hard to see who the who the front runner is going to be right and it's almost like who do you see possibly you know with a lot of these young guys who do you possibly see being a guy that could impact the team in right the future? well and we need to see the system play out before mm-hmm. and that's why i say it's just too early to make a determination because we need to see the system play out once we see the system play out i mean even after i'd say like week 2 we'll have a much better idea of who we're going to see, even if none of them play. So mm-hmm. my point is, if none of the guys that we just yeah, discussed play... They could, they could very well, at the end of this offseason, they could very well out go sign somebody and absolutely like, right, you're the X. Well, well that, yeah. that's my point, exactly. Right. We're, I think we're all on the same mm-hmm. page. And it's just, you said in the beginning, it's a mosh pit. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to, it's very hard to suss, suss out you know, what, what exactly is going to happen. Yeah, and one thing we didn't talk about that I think will be interesting to see is I think you're going to see Darby and Zacchaeus get some chances to catch some bombs this year. Mm-hmm. There's going to be some play action. Those guys are going to be flying down the field, and I, I hope we can see them catch some, some real nice deep passes, some nice deep touchdowns, 60, 70-yard touchdowns we're talking about. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping to see Yeah, because that is a mixture that Smith – likes to throw in there a couple times a game that I don't know that we saw as much of the past couple of years in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So I think just kind of like piggybacking off what you said, I think we saw more deep passes than we're going to see this year, but less like designed trick deep passes, if that makes any sense. Like I think a lot of Calvin Ridley's routes last year were, you know, deep 
posts, uh, uh, corners, deep comebacks, di- deep digs, which is like an, an in route. Um, and I think we're going to see a lot more like slants from Calvin Ridley and a lot more, you know, quick outs and seeing what he does after the catch. Um, than what we saw last year. Yeah, I think he's going to have a mixture. And then the deep balls will be the designed deep uh, streaks. Like yeah. It's going to be if Fake. defense makes one wrong misstep, mm-hmm. we're talking 50, 60-yard touchdowns. We're not talking 30-yard mm-hmm. post. We're talking big Definitely. bombs. Cause he, and I think Matt Ryan will have fun doing that. Mm-hmm. So it'll be good to see. So now when we look at this roster, guys, I just want to kind of go over what we think this is going to look like because it is it is a mishmash. Now, when I look at it, we've got Calvin Ridley and Russell Gage for sure making the team. Then you've got Frank Darby for sure. And sorry, Ridley and Gage are for sure making the team and contributing. And then you've got Frank Darby, he is, who is for sure making the team. And I'm going to give him a 95% chance to make the team. That sounds accurate. And if he doesn't make the team, he's for sure going on the practice squad. Yeah. And then my next two, making the squad, making the actual team, because I think they're only going to carry five wide because of the versatility of the running back and tight end. They're going to have Zacchaeus and Christian Blake are going to be the next two, in my opinion, due to Zacchaeus being the next, the the next most talented after Ridley and Gage, and Blake being able to play like we said everything and be an asset on special teams. Uh, that's the way I would like to see it go. It's I, like I said, I like Blake. I I really hope he makes the roster. I think he has the skills to contribute, and so I would love to see him make the roster. Now that being said, that being said, we're talking about the like the practice squad, I think Jawan Green is a lock for the practice squad. I think he's too talented and has too much potential um, for us to let him go. Yeah. I I'm in a similar boat. Like like I said earlier, like great body control, extremely productive. He just needs some more time. I'd really like to see him get some play time. I really would. And it's not. I know you said that uh, Jawan will definitely make the practice squad. He's not going to make the, you know, the the roster or whatever. But I mean, like he could. I I really I, think he could. Sure. I I, I just I want to see him play. I want to see him play at the professional level. Right. Because as you said, you're going from D1 AA to um, to the NFL. It's a huge jump. It's a huge jump. But then again, I don't know anything about Albany's program. I, I don't know how good Albany is. As we said in our last podcast, UFC or UCF, excuse me, UCF, University of Central Florida, that was a D1 AA school back in 2010, 2011. They're ranked every year now. Mm-hmm. So my point is, I don't know. Albany Albany could be this team that you you know you look at the roster and it's like, oh yeah, they've sent ten guys in the last ten years to the NFL. I don't know. Mm-hmm. They, yeah, I don't. They haven't sent a ton of guys, and I also am not, I didn't watch most of the games, but I did notice when I was watching Juwan Green's highlight tape. I, when I was watching his highlight tape, um, it seemed like Albany was usually losing. <laughs> okay. So okay, but that that like. Being said, like even on a team where you're most like it's, you know, you're mostly losing, everyone's focus was on Juwan Green. You know what I mean? Like other teams were like, all right, we got to stop this guy, and they couldn't. Okay, so Juwan Green, I get your saying he was the focus. Yeah, on both teams, both sides. It's like when you, I'm trying to think of of a of a situation. It's like, um, you know, the Bears. You know, their offense is terrible, and you have to try and stop Allen uh, Allen Robinson. 
Sure. You know, everybody knows Allen Robinson's the guy, and you got to try and stop him, and you can't. So that's kind of similar, obviously, on a scale down, but that's what Juwan Green was like on Albany. Okay. So with Juwan Green ma- making a lock, I shouldn't say a lock. I would say Juwan Green is 90% on the practice squad. I'm going to say 85% on the practice squad, 10% on the roster, 5% not on the team next year. Interesting. I really, I like him a lot. I really do. I'm wondering if he's the only guy that makes the practice squad. Because he could be. So from the wide receiver position, because we've talked about running backs making it, uh, some tight ends making it. I don't know that they're as worried about the receiver position mm-hmm. and developing them for the future. Yeah. Let me add something here. The real issue, I think, in a lot of our analysis has been that we have so many athletes. And I'm saying I'm I'm saying labeled athletes, you know, not just like Pitts. He was drafted as a tight end, but he is also considered an athlete, someone that is versatile, like right? multidimensional. So when I'm saying that we have so many athletes, we have so many multidimensional players, mm-hmm. it's very difficult very difficult to suss, like I said before, to suss out what's going to happen because you have a lot of guys at the tight end position who could play receiver, who could mm-hmm. play fullback. And this isn't just, oh, they could. Well, maybe, maybe. No, it, maybe they have in the, few, in the past, mm-hmm. right? It, it's happened in the past, you mm-hmm. know, or it, it's it's been projected by others than just ourselves. So that's what I'm referring to. So many multidimensional players. That's That's a much more specific... And- um, way of putting it, multi-dimensional players. And when you talk about Pitts, like I would not be shocked if he lines up at X more than anybody else. Well, exactly. And also, too, like with two tight ends, you can go two tight ends on either side of the line of scrimmage. Right. And now instead of having an X and a Z, you basically have two two Zs. There you, you know go. what I mean? So that could eliminate some of those problems. So it, it's just going to be in the coaching staff, the new coaching staff. It that the a new coaching staff coupled with a surplus of multidimensional players. It's almost frivolous trying to anticipate who's going to play where. Definitely. So we are starting to run out of time. Anybody else you think makes us practice squad? I know Jerron green. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if they kept one more wide receiver and I could even see it because, you know, with the new practice squad rules, you can't keep somebody who's, you can keep six guys who have played for more than, um, who played for more than uh, three years. So I don't think they would give that to Tajay Sharp. I think, if anything, they would give it to Jeff Bidet, Bidet, um, just for his speed and hoping that they can develop something by the end of the year. Mm, Sure. But if they don't give it to him, it's going to, in my opinion, it's going to go to Noon or Trammell. Yeah, I don't know if there's enough room. It's just yeah. Well, as as previously discussed, there's so many so many guys you've got at the receiver position, at running back position, tight end position. Those three specifically on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think they're bringing eleven guys into the camp so they can make the decision. There, I think there's going to be a tougher uh, route to the practice squad. I think they want to use other positions in the practice squad. There's only going to be probably one guy, in my opinion, that makes it. And these six guys, I would say, that are going to be fighting for it are really going to have to to prove it because five of the guys, in my opinion, are going home. 
Mm-hmm. And you know that could, we could see six guys go home and see them bring. If nobody turns out, they could grab somebody off waivers by the end, before the season starts. So definitely. Today we broke down the wide receivers, which I think was one of the harder position groups to do um, just because of all the competition uh, for that wide receiver three, wide receiver two spot, and all the different players and things that they bring to the table. Um, So next week we will continue this um, for the next episode and uh, we'll look at the offensive line. Again, this is Thon Ray. You guys can follow us at Falcons underscore drip on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Please make sure you subscribe, follow, whatever you need to do to get the alert for our next episode. If you guys enjoyed today, please leave us a review. It always helps us grow. Until then, see you next time. Rise up.